Hi everyone, uh, this is Vijay here with the uh, Indian Diaspora podcast. We are now on episode 14 and I'm joined by the full cohort Shashi, Vishwas and Neeraj are here with me today. Today we're going to explore a topic with which we started the podcast, uh, the election of Rishi Sunak to Prime Minister of UK. This is quite a quite a development. Uh, all of us are watching from the sidelines as uh, it seems like maybe the, uh, the power balance has shifted and Somebody with origins from the subcontinent is now uh, running the country, the UK, which uh, nobody would have imagined maybe even two to three decades ago. So what does this all mean? How are we thinking about it? And what are the questions it's also bringing up? Here are some of the things that we want to explore today. And Shashi, since you're in the UK, you're, you're the expert who's watching it live in action. So get, as you get started, I think the first question I want to explore, and uh, I guess a lot of people are uh, excited about Rishi's elevation to becoming the prime minister. And a lot of people are laying claim on him. Uh, you know, that obviously India is uh, very proud. They say he's Indian and it's uh, it's great that uh, somebody like him is now running uh, the UK. Uh, we have Kenya saying, or Tanzania saying that, uh, hey, his ancestors hail from here. So we are very proud. We have Pakistan saying, well, he was, his ancestors hailed from uh, the side of Punjab that's now in Pakistan. So they're sort of excited about him too. Uh, so a lot of people uh, excited and laying claim. And uh, how is it playing out in the UK? And what do you guys all think about this? Uh, how does how does it make you all feel? So let's start with you, Shashi. Yeah, I think, let me start by just saying, I think we have to remark the fact that it is quite a big occasion where somebody who's not from the majority community has become the prime minister of a major nation. I mean, that's, you know, that's absolutely a huge thing. Um, and we should both recognize that and celebrate that something of that kind has happened in the UK. Having said that, you know, if he's not from the majority community, who is he? I mean, who in the world is Rishi Sunak? And as you say, um, I mean, he's never come out and said what he thinks of himself. You know, we can only see how he expresses himself. But there's no shortage of people claiming him for themselves. You know, so is he a Hindu? Is he an Indian? Is he a Punjabi? Is he a Pakistani? And all of those things are very much in play. I would say one thing um, in which... I noticed from the way he behaves, he is very much a British guy. Like, let's not make any mistakes about it. He's a British guy with a different heritage from the majority community, but in his education, in his uh, privileges, in his uh, in his work experience, in his you know outlook to politics and all that, he is very much a British guy. And I think it it would be a huge mistake to think that he's anything other than that. And especially, you know, when I hear some of the commentary in India, you know, feeling proud about the fact of, that he's of Indian heritage, and therefore the unsaid expectation is that he might do something for India, that is a completely false expectation. The guy is British. His interest is uh, to keep Britain's interest first. And I think that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, I think, I think you bring up a really good point. And I think we talked about this theme in, in a previous episode about how our kids feel, you know, growing up as citizens in in the UK or the US, etc., they think very differently. But let's let's take it to India. So, Vishwas, uh, you're sitting there, and I'm sure there's a lot of noise there. What are what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Yeah. So, uh, I think uh, uh, Shashi uh, put it very uh, aptly that uh, a person of a minority community has become the head of the executive or government and and that is that is good and 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 i was thinking that uh, hey uh, you know we reached there first in india <laughs> i mean uh, there was a time uh, when we had manmohan singh who's a sikh who was our prime minister uh, 
the president i think was uh, abul kalam at that time and uh, the head of the congress party was sonia gandhi who is a catholic so uh, uh, you know something something that we had uh, uh, had done there but then that aside uh, yeah so there is so much of buzz over here in in india and uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, lighthearted chatter uh, and and uh, quite uh, uh, quite a few strands of thought that look you know is is he really indian like uh, you were saying vijay and and as you were pointing out shashi w- one of the things that uh, you know uh, uh, struck me was that uh, people are not talking about the some of the uh the baggage that uh, that rishi sunak brings with him and and by that i mean uh, uh the the calls that he has made about decisions past and uh, and perhaps we lose out on some of the balance that we should have when we look at uh, at our heroes so that's a theme that you know we could yeah no it's very much very much true and uh, i think that's that's something we should explore uh, as we get into this conversation let me bring this to neeraj neeraj you're like in the us like me uh, you know we've we've obviously heard a lot of uh, buzz about this too but obviously there's lots of other things going on here as well what are you hearing in the indian community in florida in general uh, what are you, what are you thinking what are you hearing so for me uh, you know that rishi is of indian origin is definitely something to be proud of right uh, but i agree with shashi he's first first british uh, if i look at my son you know yes they are of indian origin and uh, but they are american first too because they were born here they don't understand at this stage the indian politics but one of the topics that keeps coming up of his source of origin like you talk about whether he's tanzanian or kenyan or pakistani and all that living in florida I see a lot of Caribbean Indians, and like him, like Sunak, he is. They are also uh, what the articles read, double migrated immigrants, right? So, so while I am proud of him as being an Indian origin, it's an interesting diaspora too. People who left India, not all of them by their choice. went to africa and caribbeans mostly and from there they came to us or europe mostly around uk and some in canada what has been their life experience been and how far or close they feel connected to india like we talked this is our 14th episode we have talked about our connection still in india our parents are there we still go we do celebrate diwali and holi i see them too and rishi is also a practicing hindu at least the videos that have been circulating around show that he is a practicing hindu i am not and what has kept them together is probably those traditions and religion so for me this has the rishi sunak ascending to the prime minister ship has actually opened up a different can of worms in my mind about exploring lives of these double immigrant uh, indian population so that's why i'm thinking about not much about you know Uh, UK first, or he's going to give a nuclear weapons to India, or anything like that. 
Yeah, and I think this is a uh, uh, one of the things that uh, I would like to explore also with you, Shashi. I think you were kind of jumping in. The experience of the diaspora who had sort of multiple jumps is so different. And I think uh, you mentioned something, Neeraj, about a lot of those people actually migrating, maybe out, which was out of their control. Uh, Rishi, as I've noticed, and I'm sure all of you have, is openly Hindu. He... You know, we've already seen lots of videos and et cetera circulating of him, you know, doing a puja with the cow and everything. And I, I have to also say in politics, it's not been normal for me to see anybody, at least in the in the U.S. and perhaps also in the U.K., uh, expressing their religion outside the mainstream in a in such a public way. So how is what are, what are your impressions of that, too, Shashi, and how is that playing out? Well, look, you know, I think that's actually a very big factor that not only is he a Hindu, he is actually, uh, you know, whether he's a practicing Hindu or not, I don't know. But he definitely is visible as a Hindu. And the fact that the country has accepted him, despite that be- that outward visible displays of him being a Hindu, which is completely outside of the mainstream. So I think, you know, we should, again, celebrate the fact that this country has been open enough to accept somebody who doesn't look like them and doesn't practice the same faiths and so on. Underneath all of that, I would still say he's a British guy. He's very much a Tory politician. And, you know, picking up on something that Vishwas uh, said earlier, you know, his beliefs are very much Tory. And we can come back to, you know, exploring what that's done for him and for the country. But, you know, to, I, I just want to pick up on the point that Neeraj made, which is the experience of the double migrants or, you know, whatever you might want to call them. I mean, throughout this podcast series, we've talked about the experience of immigrants being different depending upon how they migrated. Uh, you know, we've talked about the indentured labor that went off into the Caribbean or South Africa, and their experience is very different from ours, you know, who came here for education or for uh, professional work. The immigrants that went off into East Africa have their own kind of almost microculture. Uh, you know, many of them went in as professionals, you know, very valuable, very valued professionals in the days of the Raj. Uh, they had a higher status than the local population. Uh, many went off as merchants and they were very wealthy and also had a very uh, a much elevated status compared to others in the country. And there's this microculture that they build, which is of privilege. It may not have been the same amount of privilege as the white Kenyans or the white uh, people in Uganda and other places had. But these were people who were especially of privilege, especially of good connections and especially of good money. And I think we should keep that in mind that you know, Rishi Sunak's background is from that perspective. It is not the perspective that Neeraj mentioned you would see, for example, in Florida from people who have come in from, for example, Trinidad. And so I think even in the UK, it's very visible that there are all these different microcultures between people who immigrated directly from India, people who immigrated from uh, Africa, and even for people who immigrated directly from India, you know, I mean, the UK has had a very different immigration profile from the US. In the 1950s and 60s, a lot of people came here for manual work. They were less educated. And honestly, you know, I look at my own social circles here. Uh, my social circles are all professionals who came in like me. There's a completely different diaspora here of people who came in to do uh, blue-collar work. Yeah, and so taking that, continuing on that theme, uh, you know, one of the other topics that is getting a lot of publicity is uh how wealthy Rishi and his wife are. And obviously there are some connections there, but uh, I've seen some numbers indicating that, uh, you know, their net worth is double that of King Charles and 
uh, how can somebody that rich be at the top of the country, doesn't understand the life of the regular Joe. But on the other hand, we've had a very rich individual uh, run the US recently. Uh, so I, I, I'm not sure I uh, agree that somebody who's extremely wealthy is unqualified to run the country, but it definitely creates this uh, tension around, well, how would you understand the, the sort of trials and tribulations of, of the normal people, especially with what's going on today? So. What are what are your thoughts on this, Shashi and the others? I mean, everybody, you can pipe, pipe in and talk about this. Can, can I just start off on that, Vijay? Because, you know, there's a few things that need unpicking here. The first thing is that uh, Rishi Sunak grew up in an aspirational, well-off family, but not wealthy family. I mean, not, not super wealthy. I mean, his mom was a pharmacist, his dad was a GP. Uh, I mean, that is a well-settled, well-off family, but not ultra-wealthy. And the fact that he says that he went through you know, the experience of working in his mom's shop and all that, you know, is absolutely true. And that is exactly the sort of thing that every country should celebrate in terms of being uh, in a, an aspirational family. The fact that his, he's married somebody who's incredibly wealthy is, to my mind, by the by. You know, that's not, I don't think that should become uh, a reason for assuming that he therefore doesn't understand how normal people live. Uh, I mean, that you, you could say that of a lot of people. You know, the reality is that, uh, you know, even if you look at among the four of us, the sort of income levels that we have, it's very difficult for us to figure out what people much lower down on the income scale actually perceive on a day-to-day -day basis. I think where there is a real issue, uh, and this became a, a topic, um, you know, earlier in the year, is that his wife was using this um, uh, this tax provision called a, a non-resident domicile, um, uh, which allowed her to not pay taxes on you know, vast amounts of income at a point where Rishi as the chancellor was raising taxes. And I think that is something that grates at people in a very particular way. And it's very difficult to avoid the accusation at that point that you are out of touch. Yeah, uh, th that story got a lot of publicity for sure. And I do agree that, you know, uh, uh, all of us have also started from very simple beginnings. Obviously, we came with a lot of qualifications, but uh, there is luck to play for sure. But in the end, uh, if he has made his way from, you know, through through the professional ranks and to get to where he is, that's a story that's worth celebrating. Uh, Vishwas, uh, what do you think? Yeah, so I uh, have been having a problem uh, for quite some time with the uh, with the heroes that we have. You know, one one uh, movie that left a mark on me was uh, uh, this Enemy at the Gates. So this is about uh, uh, the Germans and the Russians fighting over Stalingrad. And the Russians are having a lot of problem. And uh, Khrushchev has been sent by Stalin over there to, to take command of the defense of the city. And he's asking his uh, commissars. And then what do we do? You know, nothing seems to be working over here. And uh, one of them says that, look, you know, we are we are creating the wrong examples. We we need our heroes, and and we don't have heroes that we are projecting to the people to follow. And and that uh, that dialogue has left a mark on me. In terms of you know, what kind of heroes do we really need? So take the case of Rishi Sunak. Now, Rishi. Uh, uh, and uh, not just Rishi, but a lot of the other people that we uh, idealize bring a lot of controversial baggage with them and uh, are not uh, uh, necessarily 
inspiring people to do anything practical. So I take Rishi since we are talking about him. You know, all the big calls he has he has made, in my view, personally, have not been good for his country, Britain, or for the world. So he has been a supporter of Brexit. He he was a supporter of Boris Johnson earlier, and uh, as the Chancellor, he was uh, supporting schemes like you know eating out uh, uh, with government subsidy where you know people who are not vaccinated were spreading infections and and that would have caused more deaths and then uh, he is promised to restrict uh, uh, offshore and solar power development in uk now all of this you know these big calls and uh, uh, similarly some of the other people that we idolize come with baggage that we often miss out and one thing that i would really like to see is uh, is is different types of heroes you know heroes who who are who have their day to day struggles but are able to find the space and the energy to help or contribute uh, that that is something that that we are missing and 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 that is something that uh, has stayed with me uh, you know when i when i remember that scene and whenever i remember uh uh or rather take note of the new heroes that keep coming up in our social media and in in our news yeah that that's actually a great segue into something that i want to explore with you guys today uh is about you know noise right so of late it would seem based on what you said vishwas that uh, uh, uh you know we we have probably changed the type of heroes that we celebrate today uh i guess i'm actually putting rishi in in a in a different camp on that conversation based on what i want to get to but uh, a lot of uh, attention nowadays is paid to people who make a lot of noise right um and uh, you can think about uh, everything that's going on in the news today i mean <laughs> everywhere you look you only hear about elon musk and twitter and stuff like that and he's making a lot of noise and uh, boris johnson also was somebody who was always constantly in the news and uh used up oxygen all the oxygen in the room right whereas uh, we don't seem to talk a lot about people who are quietly uh plugging away in the background and doing the work and uh, it almost feels like a, con- a comparison between uh, Elon Musk and maybe Sundar Pichai right who's quiet guy but obviously running a big company and probably doing a lot in the background but nobody's talking about it and i feel like since rishi was appointed things have suddenly gone quiet right till till the day he was appointed there was all this noise at this trust and before that with with Boris Johnson and now it almost feels like the adults are in charge and you're hearing nothing it's almost like the work has begun and this this guy's uh, working away in the background so i think that's a plus for him even though we may not agree with everything he does so what are your thoughts about that like this whole idea of uh, idolizing people who just create so much noise uh, whereas those who are uh, actually just plugging away in the background and doing the work hello you know <laughs> we've had so much noise in this country in the uk uh, ever since the whole um, scottish referendum happened in 2014 and then the brexit referendum in 2016 and the whole aftermath of brexit and then boris uh, i think a bit of quiet time would be very deeply appreciated by many people in this country you know a bit of quiet competence would be a fantastic thing and actually if you look back at previous episodes in this country's history i mean especially the aftermath of the financial crisis in 2008 um Uh, you know whatever one might say about gordon brown and his government uh, they dealt with it very competently and they dealt with it very quietly 
you know, Gordon Brown was not the kind of um, uh, narcissistic character who would be on the TV all the time. And his chancellor, Alistair Darling, who I had the great fortune of meeting a few times, was even a quieter person than that. Um, you know, he was just very quietly competent. And I think what the country expects out of Rishi Sunak right now is exactly that sort of quiet competence. But to echo a point that Vishwas made, and I think this is where the real danger comes in, uh, many of the calls that Rishi has made on some big things, including on things like Brexit, uh, were the wrong calls. And in fact, when he was running for, um, when he was campaigning to be prime minister earlier in the summer against Liz Truss, there was a video that emerged of him speaking to um, you know, the Conservative Party membership in a place called Tunbridge Wells, which is a very, very wealthy part of the southeast of England, where he was very loudly making the point that um, he had changed the funding formulae to move money away from deprived towns, deprived towns and cities, into places like Tunbridge Wells. And, you know, if that is true, then that smacks of utter uh, politicking, which is not good for the country. Now, I think what we need to see is what he does in the next few months, um, or at least it's certainly the next month. Um, you know, that will be a real sign of, one, whether he's competent, and two, whether he's got his heart in the right place or not. Uh, and, you know, at that point, if he does those things, then I think he will be a much better idol than he is right now. Uh, but I'll pick on one other point that Vishwas made, which is that, you know, to pick Rishi as a role model is quite difficult. You know, he is so distant and that position of being prime minister is so distant. You know, I talk about this in the context of, for example, you know, blacks don't have role models and all that. And was Obama a role model? Actually, you know, it's very difficult for Obama to, to be a role model for blacks in the U.S. I and mean, what they need is average people, average regular people who are doing well, you know. I mean, I'd much rather have people who are professionally well off, you know, people who've got there by the dint of their work and are accountants and bankers and, you know, doctors and so on. I, I think they they fulfill the purpose of being role models um, much better than somebody who's so distant. Yeah, I think there's two types of role models, right, Shashi? So there's your everyday community role model that you want to, that, that's what you want to be surrounded by because that's what makes the tangible difference in your day-to-day -day, uh, outcomes. And these are the people you look up to and say, hey, I wish I could be like that person, right? But I think the idea of having somebody from your extended community, whatever, whoever's laying claim to Rishi, uh, having somebody like that right at the top, it, it is motivating. It tells you something, even, you know, there's obviously going to be some things to watch in the coming weeks and months and years to see how he does. But if he gets it done and in general gets a good reputation, that is an amazing change for uh, a minority community to feel like, okay, we, uh, any one of us also has the opportunity to get to the top if we do want. But you're right. I mean, that's, you know, very few will actually get there. But, you know, <laughs> if there's one thing that I want to get to now, which could completely uh, uh, make Rishi the, the person that everybody says he's the man. And here's the question, right, that a lot of people are asking. So let's get to it. Can he make the biggest call of them all? And what will his call be? The Kohinoor, because <laughs> you see a lot of news around, uh, discussion around, you know, uh, hey, now that Rishi is the prime minister, what's he going to do about the Kohinoor? So let's get into it. So let's uh, have the conversation. What do you think he should or will do? Let's start with you, Shashi. You're right there. Oh, not a chance of anything happening. I mean, I'm, I'm frankly, <laughs> you know, let's leave that for the um, for, for the tabloid media to go and speculate about that. I mean, I'll tell you one thing that I, I'm absolutely certain of 
is that not only can he not do any favors towards India, he cannot be seen to be doing any favors towards India. So forget about the Kohinoor. You know, if governments in the last 170 years have not felt the need to return it to, uh, to India, I don't think Rishi Sunak is going to do that either. Yeah, and I think that's what tells you clearly, you know, in, the, in, in that sense, I think it's a good thing that he is British. He thinks like somebody who grew up there and he's going to do the things that make sense to him as a British citizen. What about you other guys? Uh, anybody else have some thoughts on that? So my, uh, I'm reminded of uh, the, uh, the book and the serial Yes Minister, where uh, where Bernard, who is the private secretary of the minister, is torn between the permanent secretary Sir Humphrey and the minister Jim Hacker, and and he has to, you know, you has to walk a very fine line uh, because on many issues. Uh, the minister and and Humphrey are at odds with each other, and and I think that is probably what Sunak will do. He will just ignore the issue. He will keep mum on it because he has stakes in uh, uh, in in India as well. He is a British, yes, but uh, 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 his uh, uh, you know he has uh, some of his family in India, and and he is probably going to be mindful of that and and stay mum and away from the issue as far as I, you know, would predict. Yeah, I think so too. Neeraj, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Forget British Indian and all that is nationality or loyalty. Why should he? I mean, uh, by returning Koinu to India, what favor is he going to do to any country or anybody, right? It's going to create more controversy. And I think as a premier of a, a functioning democracy, he's got bigger priorities and bigger fishes to fry. So I'm not even talking about whether there's a need for it or not, or whether he should or not. But, but my question is, why would he even go and venture into that territory? Because it's the Kohinoor, man. No, I'm just joking. So, no, absolutely right. And I think if he was a noisemaker, that would be a great way to make noise and create controversy and you know, distract everybody. But uh, I agree with everything you guys just said. So, hey, guys, this, it's been a great conversation. Uh, I'm just going to conclude now by saying, look, uh, Rishi, is it, it's something different that has happened. It should be celebrated. Indian, Kenyan, Pakistani, Hindu, whatever. Somebody who looks like us, a little bit more like us, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a proud moment for us to feel like, okay, you know, this kind of glass ceiling has been broken and, and it's possible. I think it's also a testament uh, to the British people that somebody like Rishi is uh, in, in the position of prime minister for their, for their country. So wishing him the best. Uh, all of us are watching from the sidelines and, and hoping that he does a great job and it's not another like <laughs> competition with the, with the head of lettuce. Uh, and let's see uh, how it goes. And uh, I'm sure we'll be coming back and talking about this more as, as his uh, um, uh, prime ministership proceeds. So uh, good talking to all you guys and catch